Yeah, so I have a cousin who lives in San Francisco and I oh. rang him up and pitched the idea to him over the phone, <laughs> as you do, and um, asked him if he knew anyone because I knew nothing about tech. In fact, I didn't even know that there was two different types of phone apps. Um, right. uh, so I didn't know the difference between Android and iOS at the right. time. Um, right. So that's how limited my knowledge was on tech. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building great startups in sunny Western Australia. I'm Beth Cornelia. And I'm Charlie Gunningham. And today we're talking with Siobhan Lancaster, co-founder and CEO of InstaTruck. Yes. So for those of you interested in how the sharing economy works, Siobhan's Uber for trucks and career service is a pretty interesting She's very one. good. Very interesting business. Yeah. So thank you to Siobhan for sharing uh, her story. And I'd also like to thank all the people who get behind this podcast, including course, our startup news sponsors, ECU The Link, ThinkLab Coworking, BDO Accounting and Finance, and of course, the good people of Alika. Thanks, Beth, for all you do. No problem. So let's get on with the show and our interview with Siobhan. Siobhan, welcome to Startup West. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> Siobhan, S-I-O-B-H-A-N. That's an Irish name. Lancaster, I reckon that's from England. So could you tell us about your ancestral background and where you're from? Uh, yes, thanks, Charlie. Um, my name's starting actually, with an easy one. Yeah, starting with an easy one. Um, so my name's actually Irish, um, yes. and it's actually a Gaelic spelling. So S I O is a sh in Irish. Did I pronounce it correctly? Um, yes, you did. Oh, good. And the A is made long by the fodder over the A, ah. which I was politely told the when I the fodder. The fodder. Which is basically like yeah, the makes triangle the, sound. No, no squiggle. It's like a straight line. Okay. Um, And it basically makes the A long. And yeah, so that's where my name comes from. There you go. And Lancaster? Uh, Lancaster is obviously English, but my my father has been in Australia for two generations and um, we've done some genealogical research on the whole thing or genealogy and no, we're not related to uh, King Richard. Uh, King of Lancaster, County of Lancaster. Okay. No, no. But you've lived all over the place. You've lived in Sydney. You've lived in the US. You've lived in Ireland. Yep. And now here you are in Perth, running Instatruck, which we'll get to. But a little bit of where you're from and your background and what got you all the way over to Perth to Instatruck. So fill in some of the backstory. (laughs) Yeah. So I I grew up in Sydney, in um, inner city Sydney, in Paddington, and uh, then my um, I ended up in over in Ireland when my parents split up at, ah, at about age 11 right. um, because my mum's Irish mm-hmm. and um, so I went to school there for four years and then my mum won the green card lottery and we ended up in America where I ended up in Austin, Texas actually, wow. which is a very techy part of yeah. um, the US. So I was really fortunate to go to a school where they had lots of um, techy classes. So what age were you then? Um, I would have been about fourteen wow, when I was experience. there. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was really different and great going from sort of Ireland, which is mm. very strict Catholic at the time. So mm-hmm. Irish accent. Irish accent. Fantastic. Yeah. Straight into tech, Texas. Texas. Yes, everyone used to call me Irish over there, and I was like, no, I'm Original Australian. name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So ended up in Texas, and yeah. How and did then, that compare to then coming over? Yeah. So the Texas school, um, obviously, they're a bit more forward in. Um, America than they were in Ireland, so it was a bit of a culture shock. But um, you know, I loved it. It was a mixed school and very different to going to Irish Catholic school, yes. going uh, across With nuns to, and fathers and all that. Yeah, no, had. I was taught by nuns. Right, there so, you go. Yep. Okay, and then ended up in back in Australia. Yeah, for my final year of school, I was back in Australia in so, Sydney. In Sydney, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, how did you end up over here? 
Well, I actually, um, yeah, so I started my career as a lawyer. Yes. And, um, and ended up working um, uh, in, uh, for a uranium company um, in Sydney because uh, I was really interested in mining. And um, so then there was a job for a company called Extract Resources, which had just discovered the second largest uranium mine in the world. And that was over here and I actually got the job. Um, I was, so I was company secretary corporate affairs for that company oh, wow. at 29. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and the rest is history. That's then a I tough think, gig though, uranium, yeah. isn't it? Because there's lots of restrictions on it. Uh, uh, the market's pretty difficult at the moment, I know. The market's difficult now post Fukushima, but yes. we um, sort of had made the discovery prior to that and right. we, we uh, did a big transaction with the Chinese that... We ended up selling extract uh, okay. to, to a Chinese party. Yeah. So, so like most people in WA got a bit of mining experience in you. Yeah. So mining <laughs> is my original passion. Right. Definitely. So so you were a lawyer first. Yes. And how would you say that influenced or helped your startup journey, which we're mm. kind of heading towards at the moment? <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess lawyers are probably are not known as the most creative individuals out there. Um, <laughs> But obviously the skills of being a lawyer is um, very analytical thinking um, and uh, I think it was more the mining journey that probably got me to start up well because um, when I worked for Extract it was an extremely um, entrepreneurial company. They had started with a market cap of $3 million and ended up with a market cap of $2 billion. So it was all the same sort of things about growing a company, mm-hmm. all, the pains. all the growing pains, exactly. So, yeah, so um, that's sort of how I got my entrepreneurial bug, I would say. Right. And then the Instagram, uh, Instagram, Insta- Insta- truck idea. <laughs> Charlie does love Instagram. <laughs> that explains a lot. So um, Instatruck actually started just from a conversation um, with my friend Dave, who's now my co-founder, right. and we were just having a cup of tea and talking about his business, which he had owned, was owning four, three trucks at the time, and it was post sort of mining boom, um, and he was trying to find additional work right. for his trucks. So we were basically trying to solve Dave's problem of getting more work for his trucks. Right. And I said, you know, look, is this a problem? Surely there's an Uber for trucks out there where you mm. can just log in and, you know, get additional work. And he said, actually, no, there's nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and so I looked into it and started investigating and it turned out that there was like really very limited um, technology at all um, in the transport space at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. It's sort of quite a traditional market. So traditional markets are a lot sort of slower to move um, mm-hmm. when technology comes in. So it was a little bit behind. Um, so and we're about 2013, 14 time? Uh, what year are we? 2015? 2015, 2015 yeah. yeah. So post-mining, yeah. construction boom slowdown, yeah. challenging yeah. times. Yeah. There's a need. Yes. So you found there wasn't anyone filling it? No. You spoke so to you other truck people it. and you thought, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what happened. But we did actually go and talk to customers as well because obviously we're a double-sided marketplace. So we went around and spoke to customers and said, hey, would you, you know, do you ever have a need for ad hoc trucks? You know, would you use a service like this? So mm-hmm. um, the resounding response was, yes, if you can make our life easy, uh, that would be great because this is what we call the messy side of the transport market or yeah. that ad hoc stuff that you need done really quickly, all of a sudden you can't plan for it. So who are the users? Who's I can understand truck drivers would love the service because it's going to get them extra business in their downtimes. Yeah, sure. But who needs that service and how big a market is that? And how are you sure that people are going to demand this Insta truck service? 
Yes, yeah, so there's um, a huge tra- changing trend um, amongst consumers at the moment. So our, right. our, our customer is not a consumer. It's actually the businesses who are trying to please the consumer, if that makes sense. Right. So, for example, we've got customers like IKEA, Harvey Norman, good guys, but then we've got industrial companies as well who, you know, um, who also need to get their goods to builders on demand and ad hoc. Um, so the market's actually really quite quite large and it's it's b2b so how did you find breaking into that kind of space how do how was that journey for you yeah so it's actually been um it's been tough um Mm. and the reason i say that is because a lot of the head offices for businesses are located in sydney Mm. so we've had to do it the really old-fashioned way of sort of knocking down doors do you have this problem rather than going to the corporate head office we've been sort of approaching the branches and the stores the op staff yeah Yeah. the op staff and saying you know you know would you like us to help you with this problem so it's been a bit of a slower route than what you would probably take if you're in Sydney or Melbourne but it's been effective for sure and so how did you get the actual site itself going and the the tech going what was that part of the the process like yeah so I have a cousin who lives in San Francisco and I rang him up and pitched the idea to him over the phone (laughs) as you do and um, asked him if he knew anyone because I knew nothing about tech in fact I didn't even know that there was two different types of phone apps. Um, right. uh, so I didn't know the difference between Android and iOS at the right. time. Um, right. So that's how limited my knowledge was on gotcha. tech. Um, but so he pointed me in the direction of some people he knew from San Francisco who were in Perth and um, oh, wow. and literally pitched the idea to them. And I was fortunate because I had a bit of money from my extract days and mm-hmm. sort of put that into and was it a sideline? You were still doing a corporate lawyer gig with the uranium mine and you did this on the side until it got to a certain stage and you went, oh, I'm going to go into it full time? Or was there a clean cut off? You left the corporate world and you were all in on this? No, so um, when we sold Extract yes. um, was basically when the mining cycle um, was just falling apart right. and they started laying people off. Um, so I came out um, really skilled up but with no job in sight for the sort of skills that I had. And so I ended up getting a few contracts, obviously, as a lawyer, and there was a few of them around, but it was really slim pickings. So I was fortunate that I had this space in time and was looking for stuff to do, had a bit of cash. and You saw an opportunity and you went, well, I've always wanted to do something. Yeah, exactly. It's better than sitting on the couch watching TV, right? (laughs) What was the alternative? Were there other ideas that you were tossing around? Were there like three or four startups, but this was the one? Or was it, you know, you you made Dave and then the more you looked into it, the more you thought, yes, 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 yes. And you just sort of kept going down that path? Or were there other things, other ideas floating around? I've probably had a lot more ideas since I've started, which would have have been, you know, quite uh, quite good ideas, I think, if if I'd started them. But, um, no, this was really the only one that I – there was any sort of basis to – you know, I was looking at um, product market fit and what what was out there and what needed um, something to actually – a solution for a problem, mm. basically. Um, so you so reached out to your cousin, cousin was it, in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. You got some local programmers, you had your own money. Yep. Did you sort of wander down to Space Cube, go some of the startup events, meet people, start connecting in the in the scene, or were you on your own doing this um, side? So I was pretty lucky because the programmers that we had originally were actually out of Space Cube. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So had it not been for them, I probably wouldn't have. I've known about Space Cubes. Um, but, yeah, so I ended up um, 
sort of tapping in there into into this community in that way and yeah. um and it was by pure luck that I stumbled on Sync Labs, which is uh-huh. where we're now located. Fantastic. In Leaderville. Yep. Yeah. So what were some of the early mistakes you kind of made on the tech side of things, given that it was a, or were there any or was it just smooth sailing the whole way? No, I mean, I think <laughs> I, I think there wouldn't be a founder out there that hadn't made mistakes. Um, but I think the biggest mistake I made was I very much wanted a product which was business to business, Mm -hmm. but everyone thought that Instatruck should be for the consumer and Mm -hmm. I was convinced that it would be more of a business product from the very beginning and that was logistics technology for business that we were after. So I probably um, should have done the desktop version before I did the iPhone version. Uh Um, Gotcha. But that's really the the biggest mistake I think I probably made. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, you learn, like you don't. Exactly. And now you have an iPhone more. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, mistakes are more learning experiences Absolutely. than anything else, right? And did you have other investors put money in or did they come along later or how was it funded? Yeah, so I had a, like a, a minimal viable product and it was a really good MVP um, when we started. Um, mind you, there was no ops attached to it, um, but that's another <laughs> story. Um, but, yeah, so we had um, an MVP and with that I raised um, half a million dollars okay. um, on the back of that. Yeah. So, so how big's the team now that you're working with? What's, how, what does the interest truck team look like in 2018? Well, so we have a pool of about 200 drivers who wow. log on and off regularly, um, which is quite good. Um, mm. And they've got vehicles from Utes vans all the way up to sort of semis. And then um, our immediate team, there's three of us. Um, so we just basically run the daily ops, the accounts, everything. Um, and so the reason I like having a tight team is because it makes us develop technology, which is scalable yep. and good technology. Um, and so then we have obviously programmers who um, do work for us as well. Um, we have a CTO um, uh, and a few other people that sort of come and go um, yeah. throughout the time. And that's in West Australia. So you said yeah. 200 drivers in West Australia yeah. logging in, yeah. getting jobs regularly. And, and the- you only operate in WA at the moment? Yeah, so we did some testing in Sydney um, right. uh, and Sydney is an amazing market and as will Melbourne be, um, uh, but we really need quite a bit of funding to get going on the operational model that we've got. Um, mm. What we're looking at doing is sort of changing our product so that it's also a transport management system so that we can actually um, scale that product out without needing an operations team because we sort of need to onboard the drivers and everything for the operational business. So you could provide that back-end technology to businesses who can then use it for their drivers. Exactly. Is that the idea? Yeah, so we've got this idea where well, it's more of an it's more than an idea. Um, right. We're we're creating a product at the moment, yeah, mm. which um, basically allows companies to use um, Instatruck to manage their own internal fleet, to manage their third party suppliers, and then to tap into the Instatruck network should the third party suppliers or their own fleet not be able to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sort of assists as well with us building demand and supply. It helps with the market building up yep. as well. And along the way, you've had a bit of uh, media and awards. You're Innovator of the Year, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, yes. A few other things as well. You've yeah, won, a, cu- a couple of um, a couple of other ones. Yeah. That's great. And that <laughs> very humble you, as well. <laughs> does that give you media attention? Is that important? Does that is that good for your clients? Does that bring in other investors? What What's the benefit of that sort of exposure? Or is it 
Um, I think Innovator of the Year is an amazing award um, mm. because it's backed by the government. So yeah. it gives it a bit of status um, in terms of when you go to investors or, um, you know, when you're talking to customers as well, it gives you a bit of profile. So yeah. it's very hard to talk to some of these customers and say, trust me, I've got great technology. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, you know, why do you think that? And you can sort of point or allude. To the Innovator of the Year yeah. Award. Yeah. Dust it off. Dust it off. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's been great. I think um, there was also the 40 Under 40 Business Awards as well. Award. Yeah, which Congratulations. Yeah, well so that was, there was one there as well. Ago. So yeah. that was great. Um, I remember doing a selfie with you on stage, I think, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Brody won it the same year. That's right. A couple of years That's ago. That's right, yeah. That's impressive. So awards are really good, I yeah. think. Um, they're just a very good way of building your profile and, and it makes it, you know, easier to talk to investors and yep. people like that. So that's good. And have you got competitors in WA? Are you obviously the, the first one doing this? Other people come in and seen the same? Or are there competitors in Sydney and Melbourne if you go there? What, what's the framework like? So transport is an extremely competitive industry. Um, yeah. So obviously you're competing against people who've been in the market for 100, 200 years, some of yes. them. Um, and so the competitors are actually the, just the traditional um, transport Logistics providers companies. out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, in terms of tech, um, there's no one really doing the truck matching on-demand last mile logistic solution that InstaTruck is doing. Um, right. There's a few that are do, have different models, um, but there's no, none exactly the same, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, but, you know, that's not... Is that because it's really tough? It's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, you know, all the tough things are the ones that work out to be the best at the end. So. Right. Absolutely. And you're only three years in, so it's going to be a while yet, right? It's going to, you know, until you get that sort of scale, it, it takes that time. Yeah, I think I think every business takes a bit of time. She gave me such a look then. You didn't, <laughs> see, you didn't see that on the podcast. She gave me such a look. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it doesn't matter what business you've got, but, um, you know, it's, it's all about you just got to be resilient and keep yeah, pushing. Absolutely. And, you know, I really believe in InstaTruck's problem-solving uh, problem abilities and yes. our product and everything that we're trying to do. And I really think we can revolutionise transport in yeah. Australia. So, you know, I believe that and I think you've got to have that to be able to, you know, keep going and pushing your business. And, and the customers love it? Yeah, the customers do love it. I had yeah, someone say, great. I love, 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 love InstaTruck the other day, <laughs> which was quite amusing. Um, but, yeah, they all do really like yeah. the product um, and really helps solve some of their problems. They particularly like it if their retailers trying to get TV sold and yeah, stuff like yeah. that because uh-huh. it's a sales tool. So going, you, you mentioned resilience a second ago. Is that something, you know, we have a question here, what does the local startup scene need or lack? And, I mean, is that something that you think or, or what else do you think is necessary? No, I mean, I've, I've spoken about this on many occasions, but the one major thing that, that, that WA startup scene is lacking is um, any venture capital, um, mm. which really makes it hard um, for certain companies to raise money. You've got to leave WA to raise any amount of money beyond that sort of seed and angel round. Yes. Um and so that does put WA companies, unfortunately, at a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, and it would really help the scene if there was a couple of VC funds that and we've came seen in. quite a few leave, right? They leave yeah. for, you know Sydney, Singapore, Silicon Valley, three S's. Yeah. They yeah. see that's where they can get money, and they can't get it here so much. Exactly, yeah. and and that's a really big thing. If you if you don't have access to that money, it makes things you know you can't grow nearly as quickly as what. Is that you a would WA otherwise. thing? Because we have been so successful at mining. 
Absolutely. people have made their money in mining or property. Yeah, well, you've got to invest in what you in know. Tech. Yeah, you're so gonna, much. Absolutely, you're going to invest in what you know. So yeah. it if makes you, sense to me. Apart from VCs, what else would you like to see change here in the in the local WA tech scene? What do you think it needs? A bit more time or a bit more success time. stories? Uh, look, I actually think it's fantastic. I right. think that the, 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 the what's happening here is we've got some great founders, um, very entrepreneurial people, and we've got some really good um, developers and, and programmers here as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's got the makings of a very good um, startup scene. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and you're it, staying here. You're sticking around. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely sticking around. Okay, yeah. great. Good. So who do you admire in the scene here? Who, who would you say is doing doing a really great job, other than Instatruck, of course? Um, oh, look, you know, obviously you're about to see Health Engine. That's mm-hmm. a great um, success story in WA. Canva's a great success story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all, all the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. But, you know, actually the people that I really admire are the ones who are just chipping away, mm-hmm. chipping away in the background. Because yep. they're the ones, you know, who eventually will pop their unsung. heads up and <laughs> unsung yeah, heroes. Yeah, absolutely. Just grit and determination doing yeah, it definitely. year after year. So what's the best piece of advice that you've been given so far on this this uh, journey of yours? The best piece of advice that I've been given? Um, stick at it, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Just keep going because Rome's not built in a day. Um, hmm. So... You know, that's a really important lesson lesson for any person starting a company. Yep, yep. Um, you know, you read all these great stories, these success stories, and everyone's an overnight success, no. but I think the reality just doesn't match up true. to that. So, you know, you've got to work hard and you've got to learn, you mm-hmm. know, and it's all about just learn, 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 learn. So, so when you're important. not when you're not working hard, how do you relax? Or do you do you ever? No, I'm I'm a big believer in work life balance. Um, mm-hmm. so I Work, when I work, I really concentrate and work really hard and I work, you know, like I'll, I'll go, okay, I need to punch this bit of work out in four hours and I'll do that, and, but then I'll go to the beach. <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic. So probably the opposite from what That's what's going to keep you in WA. Exactly, <laughs> the beach. <laughs> and fantastic wine. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. We're going to finish on some rapid quick fire round questions to end up. So I think I know the answer to this, but what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? In your opinion, well, you, I think you think I'm going to say resilience, yes. but it's timing, actually. Ah. Really? Yeah, market timing. There so not go. too early, not too late. Yeah, it's a very. Um, I think you can't underestimate it because you know there's the economy to think about, there's the yeah. market, there's product market fit, there's the technology, and that all feeds into the timing aspect of what you're doing. Yeah. People have to be ready for your product. Absolutely. Do you believe in insourcing or outsourcing? I'm a massive outsourcer. I think it's a great way of managing um, your budget while you're growing. Um, and the other thing is when you outsource, you can get real experts who, right. you know, that's all they do. Like they're a lawyer. That's all they do. They're, you know, Should a startup self-fund or raise money? I think you need a combination of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. PC or Mac? Uh, I'm actually a Mac user, believe it or not. There yeah. you go. Any podcasts you listen to, apart from this one, of course? No, I'm a book reader. Ah, uh, old style. Yeah, yeah old yeah. style. <laughs> well, they say you absorb a lot more doing uh, getting your information that way, so 
Yeah. There you go, something to it. Well, thanks, Siobhan. We're going to wish you all the best for your future and Insta Truck. Thank We're you. We're going to keep an eye on you very much, but well done what you've done so far. Lots of grit and determination. Big smile as well. <laughs> she obviously loves what she's doing. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to give Startup West Pod a nice review. On Apple Podcasts would be great. That helps other people find us. And do subscribe so you get this podcast in your feed. Mm-hmm. While we're here, we would like to give a shout out to another local podcast, Game on Oz. I believe this is one you. Oh, I met these have, guys. They're yeah. hilarious. They're gaming dads. <laughs> Peter Carulli and Dan Vandermeer. Game on Oz, A U S on the end. All you gaming enthusiasts out there. Like a million people download this. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. And it's right here in WA. Crazy. So this podcast is brought to you uh, by Alika, who I represent. Thanks, Alika. Thanks, guys. ECU The Link, Think Lab Coworking, and BDO. Thanks. See you next time. See ya. Thank you. Thanks, guys.